Travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Welcome to Talk Travel Asia. Today is a topic we're super passionate about, and we have a great guest. It's something that most people that come to Southeast Asia have high on their list of things to do, and that is to spend some time with and or ride an elephant. So we're going to talk about the plight of Asian elephants. So not specifically riding them or caring for them, but the kind of the, the struggles they face and where they are now in the world. Uh, with me is the other host, Trevor Rangers. You are in Bangkok. Is that right? I am, Scott. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It is a very rainy morning here in Kuala Lumpur and excited to be covering this topic, which I know we've both had some experiences about. When was the first time that you had a kind of personal experience with an elephant in Southeast Asia? Um, I traveled to Thailand for the first time in 1996, and I think like a lot of people who come to, to Thailand and to Southeast Asia, one of the top things for, for people to want to do is to, to ride an elephant. So I was up in Chiang Mai, and I did the whole elephant trekking, jungle trekking to the hill tribes and rafting on the bamboo raft. And yeah, it was exactly like that exciting experience that everybody dreams that they have. Yeah, I remember my first one was probably in the, oh gee, it was only a few months. And uh, I think we went to Kanchanaburi, uh, my former business partner and a few other friends and rode one there. And I remember being blown away by the, the steep uh, inclines and declines they could go down, like just a foot wide and they could go up and down these things. And then, of course, as we developed a travel business, we got to go to all kinds of camps and see places where, you know, you ride them and you bathe them and see the poor buggers kicking soccer balls and painting pictures. And you get to know people and, and learn a little bit more about it. And you start to have a bit of a conscience. And I'm sure your perception changed over the years as you researched and wrote the National Geographic books and other ones, too. Yeah, that's really interesting, too, because on those first trips with that first elephant experience, it's so exciting and it's so new. And then while doing the National Geographic Thailand and Cambodia books, I got to meet lots of different elephant experts and I got to go to all sorts of different types of camps. And they do provide such a wide variety of experiences. And clearly some of them seem to be much better for the elephants or less exploitive. And uh, But that's hard to define what, what is exploitive. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about with John today. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, elephants have a real, you know, rich history in Southeast Asia, especially the traditionally Buddhist countries like Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, and Myanmar, where albino elephants were always revered and they were given to the respective kings in those countries. So they really are the heart and soul of these nations. But as land is encroached upon and we step into the modern era, they have less and less of a place and in many cases become a bit of a burden. What's kind of, I know, Trevor, in Thailand, especially the role of elephants changed not so long ago. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I don't know specifically. I've heard that as early as the 1980s that wild elephants used to outnumber captive elephants here in Thailand. Um, I'm not sure if that's true because we did talk uh, privately earlier about how, you know, they were used in logging. So they, they were important beasts of burden and they were used uh, in battle and war back in the day. So they, there always have been captive elephants in Thailand doing all sorts of different jobs before they got involved in tourism. I think the problem is just that their land is being encroached upon 
and all these elephants that used to do labor now need a job because uh, they, they cost a lot to maintain. Yeah, I mean, the number one issue that you already touched on is just loss of habitat. You've got a lot of teak logging that's traditionally gone on in especially Southeast Asia, um, just more people, towns growing. And then ones that were used for, for work in Thailand, for example, when there's no more logging, you've got this animal that can drink 170 liters of water a day, can eat 230 kilograms of food a day. So, I mean, it's 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 a big responsibility to deal with and actually our guest today is john roberts and he is the formerly the director of elephants at the anantara group of hotels and he's now taken on a a larger role with conservation as well in other areas but one of the neat things they did is they found that rather than just finding a mahout who is an elephant owner that would be walking their elephant around a city street in thailand and selling food rather than just buying that elephant and taking it to a nice environment what would happen is those mahouts, all they know is how to work with elephants. So they would then just take the money and go buy another elephant and hit the streets again. Is they came up with a unique concept is that you have to give the owners a way of life too. So they'd take the whole family and the elephant up to the Anantara and the Golden Triangle and they give them work there. So it's it's a different concept and it helps kind of alleviate that actual burden of, of the cost of the elephant but also gives um, the people something to do. So very happy to welcome a guy I've known for a number of years now. I feel I've been fortunate enough to know. It is John Roberts. He's the Director of Elephants and Conservation with the Anantara Group of Hotels. I first met John many years ago up in the fabled Golden Triangle and he pioneered a really innovative Mahout program up there. Since then he has expanded his role. I know that he started his work with elephants uh, kind of by accident in Nepal, moved on to Thailand. But if you want to know about elephants in this region, he's the man. So thanks very much for joining us today, John. Uh, No problem at all. Thank you very much for having me. So I'm in Kuala Lumpur. And where are you at the moment? I am currently at Phuket on Lyon Beach, our newest newest hotel in in Phuket, um, working on a little bit of turtle business. Okay, so from when we met years ago and you were always up in the Golden Triangle, I always see on Facebook and Twitter now you're in southern Yunnan, you'll be in Cambodia, you're down in Phuket, so you're all over the show now. All over the show and um, only really two or three core projects that I'm currently working on, the turtles and the elephants being two of them, and then another another piece of uh, forest we have in Cambodia we're protecting, but always looking for other projects and other things to do that for the hotel group can help us with. Very cool, very cool. Well, we're a big fan of uh, the Anantara Hotels. I've been fortunate enough to stay at a lot of them. For people that don't know your background, John, can you give us the quick background of who John Roberts is? How did you end up in Asia and working with animals? Very quick. Um, engineering degree a long time ago, but in order to travel after that, I started volunteering in national parks. Okay. Uh, volunteered and worked in parks in the States and then Australia and wound up with a job in Nepal, a place called Tiger Tops in Royal Chitwan National Park, more of a volunteer mm-hmm. placement. Um, was there looking after guests. It was a hotel, but it also had a very strong conservation side and was helping with the tiger research that was going on there and a little bit of rhino research as well. And right. we also had elephants, which was the best way to get around the jungle. So when they opened the Anantara in the Golden Triangle in 2003, they were looking for someone to run an elephant camp and... Our paths crossed, and I applied for the job, got it in 2003, and the, the rest is history. Um, wow. 
come from, and that was purely, it started off as purely a commercial camp, um, obviously ethical, and we ran that at a, as with guest activities looking after elephants and mahouts as well for until 2006 when we started our own foundation and that's when we started to get back into proper conservation working first of all welfare taking elephants off the streets uh, and then nowadays working as much as much as we can anyway uh, to help wild elephants also right right very cool that's that's incredible well I'm gonna throw a big big question at you here right out of the gates how has the environment for Asian elephants changed in the last, let's say, 30 years? Um, Asian elephants uh, across the region in the wild, it has, it started off for, the, for, I guess, the first 20 of those years getting rapidly worse and then started to, uh, started to level out, but it's still getting worse. I mean, that's All the right. way. Um, forest is being destroyed. Mm -hmm. You're in Malaysia now, so that's Malaysia and Indonesia, and to a lesser extent, Burma. Um, those are the major parts now where um, habitat is being lost at a very, very fast rate. Mm. Um, those are the, that's the major hotspots at the moment. I would say that Thailand has leveled out. It lost a lot of habitat, but now it's beginning to get some protection in place, although they lost an elephant to human-elephant conflict yesterday. Oh. Um, then Cambodia, actually, I... They seem to still be okay. Um, there are threats, of course. There is a lot of clearance going on. They have human-elephant conflict problems uh, down in the cardamoms, but right. um, they 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 seem to be kind of level. Sri Lanka, I think, is losing habitat quite quite fast, and they're having all sorts of trouble. And the same same with India. Hmm. So, um, not good is the answer to that. Um, similarly, <laughs> with. Uh, captive elephants, and I, I shouldn't really treat them as separate because they are obviously the same animal. Right. Captive elephants, speaking only for Thailand anyway, uh, but the similar thing is happening in Myanmar at the moment. Uh, I know you do have captive elephants in Malaysia and Indonesia, but they they almost shouldn't be there. It's not; it never was part of the history. It's a byproduct of human elephant conflict. Okay. Um, but major for captive elephants, I think India and Thailand are the places, uh, or India, Thailand, and Myanmar, Thailand banned their logging in 1989 so the, the elephants that existed found themselves out of work it mm -hmm. took a long time for tourism to take up that slack it has done so now but whether that's a good thing or not i honestly don't believe it's a it is a very good thing i i think i my personal feeling is despite working and making a living from and with captive elephants that the the time for having elephants in captivity has passed there's outside of tourism um and to a lesser extent, um, logging in Myanmar, which is being phased out, and Laos, where they're promising to phase it out still, um, there is only a cultural need for a small, a, a relatively small number of people to have elephants, and also for a, a country's psyche. Mm -hmm. But um, to me, it seems odd. But this is a tourism where tourism doesn't seem a good enough excuse to create more captive elephants it is a it's a very very good way of looking after elephants we currently have but i don't believe it's it's really right to be using tourism as an excuse to drive to drive the numbers of captive elephants up right so you're saying basically throughout the whole region i mean it's it's loss of habitat am i right that's caused the biggest problem for elephants yes for wild elephants loss of habitat um and then which leads to conflicts with the people who've taken down the trees and planted tasty elephant snacks just outside when the, the farmers call tasty elephant snacks products right. uh, things for, for market right. um, crops I suppose and so and that mm -hmm. leads to 
there are human deaths, but there are also elephant deaths in the human elephant conflict, and there, there are far more humans than there are elephants left in the wild. So we can we can we can't afford to lose. Why well, we don't want to lose humans either, of course, but uh, we can't afford to lose elephants, and and we are. Yeah, well, you you touched on this uh, in your answer there, John. But I, I know that you, especially at the Anantara's Golden Triangle location, pioneered quite an ethical mahout program there. But you seem to be saying that long term wise, tourism is not kind of a valid thing for elephants. Do you think that tourism centered around elephants? I mean, is it valid? What are the pros and cons? I don't think it's necessarily tourism. I just the more that I do this and the more that I weigh weigh the opinions of the outside world and the people who who don't and the opinions of mahouts and, and watching elephants, I don't I think captivity in general um is not the best place for elephants. Um that said, we do have in Thailand 3500 or more about 3700 they reckon captive elephants and the only way for them to survive because they the wild that can take elephants is either off limits to them being national park and there's we can't put them in there and releasing is difficult anyway uh, or it's already full with wild elephants tourism is the only answer and that's why we we need to continue to support tourism um in in its Many forms, of course, I like my model of the mahout training because guests get to learn about the elephants. The elephant doesn't, doesn't have mm -hmm. to carry more than just the, mahout, the um, guest on the neck mm -hmm. um, and then is walking through a forest and eating and basically doing what elephants do. Mm -hmm. Any form of tourism well done where they look into the, the elephant welfare is, is certainly in Thailand in need of support. I do question... Um, policies in places where they're catching elephants out of the wild and then using them for tourism um, whether the tourism uh, becomes a driver for wild capture or an excuse to for people as a uh, certainly in uh, Malaysia Indonesia at the moment there's a quite a bit of wild capture going on um, because of the habitat loss driving there's palm oil right. driving habitat loss which means elephants are getting right. into conflict which means there are a lot there's a lot of pressure to catch elephants and the pressure the pr the pressure not to catch them seems to be reduced slightly because they can find a home in tourism as well so it's a win-win situation for the humans but not for the elephants um mm -hmm. and they, they there's a lot of justification along those lines um mm -hmm. now that's easy for me to say because i work and make a living in thailand so of course i would say don't do it elsewhere but thailand at least does have a, a long tradition of looking after or not looking after of having captive elephants and looking after them right but even in thailand now we are there is evidence of wild capture continuing um there is evidence of Though there's definitely people are, are very very happy to be breeding elephants, but I I don't personally see the the need for this. I think we should be managing the population down, right, and using right, right. using tourism to do this, using tourism as a as a comfortable way of living as we manage the population down to something su su uh, sustainable. What do you see say in a country like Thailand? What's a sustainable number in your mind? If I had my way, I think we could do in the the low hundreds. I mean, then there's if we we could have um this is this is extremist talk mine um and it's never going to happen but it, it would be very very nice to have a population of maybe a population of a hundred that lived in Sirin uh, and served the people there whose culture has depended on elephants for four thousand years um and a, a, another 
hundred odd lived up in the mountains above Chiang Mai, mm. up around Mechem, and, and those places where the Karen people have had elephants for generations and generations. And those two cultures still have their elephants. Mm. And if people, um, and again, extremist talk, if people wanted mm -hmm. to go and uh, go and see elephants, they could go and see elephants in their traditional environment and um, pay a lot of money to those communities to do so. Yeah. So you mean outside of, obviously, the wild elephants, like get rid of the yeah, oh, yeah, get yeah, rid Jesus, of the, the, wild, the wild elephants, to me, as I said earlier, they're not, they're not. Um, they they are totally separate. But I would, that's what I would do is I would manage the captive population down and concentrate all of our efforts on the wild elephants. Right. Because to me, a, a wild elephant, they, they they're extremely intelligent creatures. They they work well with humans, but um, obviously you can't. They don't understand the, the nuances of language and planning and everything else. So they there have to be methods of control of hmm. elephants um if if humans and elephants are to mix and the outside world is growingly is growing not happy with the idea of controlling elephants and if they are hugely intelligent beings then there's there's a point to this argument and but i so i don't really see the need for them any conservation need to have them in captivity there's a cultural need i agree with that um and i think that could be made that could be exploited mm -hmm. whereas a wild elephant is up in the forest they maintain the forest they keep the ecosystem healthy they do they provide environmental services for us so not only mm -hmm. are they an elephant as an elephant should be not only do they keep the environment and the forest as it should be they it, that's where elephants should be so it's um we should i i think it, it, this is my dream it's a long way down the road um and i probably will never happen but if in an ideal conservation uh, perspective, we would have a very, very low number of captive elephants that were serving the cultural need of each of each country, and the, those tribes that have always lived with elephants all their life for generations and generations and generations, and they could be still making mm -hmm. a living from tourism, mm -hmm. um, and all focus would be on the wild elephants. Right, gotcha. Um, you know, you, you've sort of touched on something I've, I've read about in the last while, and that there seems to be a bit of a movement towards elephant rights in Southeast Asia. A number of, you know, private groups led by passionate individuals are trying to develop sanctuaries and whatnot. Do you, do you think that this is a legitimate kind of movement or is it just in the name of the almighty buck? They're certainly led by passionate individuals. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. to, to, to push it down to purely, they do make money. I'll give them that. To put right. it purely down to make money is, is probably being unfair. Mm -hmm. um, none of them that I've seen are working or offering sustainable answers. I mean, they're still, you, they still have captive elef elephants in captivity, uh, sure. where traditional control methods are banned. The mahouts, the guys that work day to day with the elephants, find their own methods of control. Um, some immediately far worse than uh, than the ones that have been designed over four thousand years to do the job. Some only become worse when emergency situations or veterinary situations arise or as elephants elephants that have not been trained grow up around humans and suddenly become instead of being cute babies who like to rough house as i think the americans say they become very large elephants who still have no idea that and they're still supposed to be around humans but have no idea of our fragility um mm -hmm. and so i i do see it i i mean i i hear from People who have have swallowed the pill of this 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 perfect um, utopian idyll for captive elephants. Mm -hmm. I hear from them almost daily on my website because they write to me on Facebook and everything else and tell me how bad what I am doing is. <laughs> 
Yeah. The best of intentions, but very rude and death threats and things like that from time to time. Mm. Uh, but their intentions for the elephants, I believe, are good. Um, but I, the, my only problem is that I, I have been to these places, these idyls, and um, they're not. I don't believe them to be operating sustainably. Um, quite apart from anything else, they're still. Still purchasing elephants, and they're purchasing from the traditional community. And when you take away uh, a mahout's elephant, someone whose grandfather had, father had an elephant grandfather, and all the way back four thousand years, and you give him money, he just goes and buys another elephant and keeps doing what he's doing. So, I still believe the more right. traditionally form the more traditional forms of tourism yeah. are probably more sustainable because they do involve the uh, sustainable way of keeping elephants because right. they they're not well at the moment now they are driving elephants for wild capture mm-hmm. because it's increasing too high but they are involving whatever we do I'm, I'm rambling a bit here so I'll just quickly whatever whatever yeah. happens with elephants in the captive elephants in the range states the solution we find to whatever problems we see here we have to involve the mahouting communities Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're if you're cutting them, you can't cut them out of the picture, whether we whether we like it or not. Um, in fifty years, when this all passes, they're still going to be the guys who are looking after elephants, just as they were fifty years ago. And if we're not involving them and getting them signed on to the whatever the solution to the problem may be, then um, we're not actually going to have any make any headway at all. So we have to, right. the first, the, almost the first thing we have to do in developing a model to look after captive elephants is find out, right, how am I going to use this model to feed the mahouts and to make the mahouts happy? And if they're happy with us, mm-hmm. then then we can start talking to them about our, our ideas. Right. Well, boy, I, we try and keep this show to about 20, 25 minutes. And I, I realize that every time I've talked to you today and in the past is we really need about an hour and a half. But I, I really appreciate your time, John. You're such a knowledgeable and passionate individual. And thanks for making time. I know you're very busy in Phuket working with some uh, turtle release. So thank you very much for making time to join us. That's all right. I, uh, sorry, to, sorry to have gone on so long, but I do do that. It's great to have John Roberts on the show. He's so passionate and knowledgeable about elephants, and it's always great to hear his perspective, Uh, especially because it's such a shame that these elephants have to face such challenges that are clearly brought on by human encroachment uh, on their land, and and that's something that, that we could all do something about, perhaps. Yeah, if we just stay out of their backyard and literally not take their house away, uh, we wouldn't have to even talk about any of this. But uh, we humans seem to grow and expand and just uh, push everything else out of the way. Yeah, real pleasure to have them. So uh, thanks, John, again for being on the show. Trevor, why don't you take us out of this episode? All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Talk Travel Asia. We'll be back with you again soon to share more insights on intelligent travel. Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey, Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall in Angkor Thom and Cambodia?